0: fantasy podcast presents industry interactive featuring live workshops and labs focused from the digital and interactive industries hosted by haima black all right we're uh, we're gonna get started here uh haima and i are gonna be off mic so we're we're going to speak loudly because we are we're going to be podcasting this interview Hama is the host of Dynasty Podcast, which is the longest running music podcast in Chicago. That means it's it's been going on for 10 years, which is a really long time in the medium. Uh, we've been chatting on and off for the past six months or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love what he's doing because as, as tech makes storytelling uh, not easier but your reach can be extended beyond your city boundaries in a way you know it couldn't five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's very easy to get out of that local mode, that local storytelling. And what I love about Jaime is that we share that, that passion for telling local stories. We're not USA Inno, you know, we're Chicago Inno. You know. We just wanna tell the stories about innovation economy in Chicago. That's what Boston is for. That's what DC is for. But we're really just interested in those stories, so we can get those our audience, those readers, in a room. And I love that we share that in common. So uh, I just realized I was going long on the mic. Uh, that yeah. was probably an intro. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get going. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, Jaima, thank you so much for for coming to to our music tech meetup. Oh my gosh, uh, for yeah. for those who don't know, I mean your listeners know, but for those in the audience. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself in Dynasty.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I mean, a first little off, bit. I yeah, know it's yeah, such yeah, a broad yeah. question. Sure. I'm going to give you the Twitter version. But thank you yeah. so much to everybody who's out here. I mean, this was an incredible event. Thank you to Chicago Inno and Will for having us. Um, so, like Will said, my name is Jaima Black. I am a digital media journalist in Chicago. Among other things, I work at Columbia College as an instructor in their entrepreneurship department. I started podcasting ten years ago. August 30th, 2005, we beat NPR to podcasting by one day. (laughs) That is my claim to fame, is that I've barely been podcasting longer than NPR. So Dynasty Podcast, like Will said, it was the first music podcast ever launched in the city of Chicago history, Um, and it's now the longest running music podcast in the city of Chicago history. And it really came out of podcasting being a combination of three things that I really, really loved, which was... Radio. I've worked in radio, or I worked in radio previously. I worked in radio for 13 years at a station called Q101. Uh, it was an incredible station that was around for about 20 years. So I was working at Q101 for 13 years, and I was I was a huge like fanatic for technology. You know, even like 10 years ago when technology was like iPods and MySpace, not iPhones and you know Twitter. So podcasting, and I also loved artist interviews because I worked on a local music program on Q101 where we got to interview artists, but I didn't really get to do the interviewing. I was booking them. So it was kind of combining three things I loved, radio, artist interviews and music journalism, and technology, and then podcasting came out, and I was like, oh, man, like, that's kind of the peanut butter cup of all the things I love, you know? It's like you just get it in one thing. Um, So I started in 2005, and, you know... Blah, blah, blah Just like everybody else Some things worked Some things didn't And now I'm here
0: And what does that look like? I mean, so we We got into podcasting A month and a half ago Chicago launched a podcast And it was We got a terrific recorder We found a quiet room we We told stories And we got it online That's not how you could do it Ten years ago So what What was podcasting On day one of Dynasty? What did so, it look like?
1: So It was something I did with my friends. I was friends with a number of, and I still am, a number of really creative, talented people in the city, like, you know, like I was younger, I was like early twenties. These are like kids my age. We were going out to shows, they were graphic designers, they were screen printers, they were like, you know, hosts and hostesses at nights and things like that. So we thought it'd be fun to do our own, you know, kind of Chicago music industry podcast discussion. And the first night that we released a show was a night that we did a party at a bar called Trevia, which is now Debonair. Uh, we did a party at Trevia with Scott Lucas from Local H DJing, and I, th- I think probably some of the members of Kill Hannah, because I've never done anything in my life ever a day without <laughs> the members of Kill Hannah. And so Scott Lucas was DJing that night, and we brought my MacBook, but it's not called a MacBook. Whatever laptops were called, whatever Apple laptops were called 10 years ago, PowerBooks or whatever, What's up? Bricks. Bricks yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we brought the Apple laptop that I had to Trevia that night, and people were able to plug their USB or FireWire or whatever it was back then, you know, 100 years ago, plug their iPods into our iTunes, like into our iTunes library, and download the podcast to their actual physical player. And then we got a server pretty quickly after that. But, I mean, to give you an idea of just how bootleg it was 10 years ago <laughs> versus now. So that's... You had to give someone a podcast. I mean, night one, it was like, yeah, it was like, here's a physical product almost. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so obviously, like the tech advancements aside, what do you do differently today if you're starting Dynasty?
1: So if I was starting it today in you know 2016, it'd be way different. I wouldn't have a bunch of people saying, what is a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> that would be the first thing. Thank you, cereal. But, you know, now people know what a podcast is. We have these great mobile devices in our pocket where you can stream a podcast. You don't have to, like, you know, download a clunky 70-minute MP3 and upload it and blah, blah, blah. I mean, everything about it is so streamlined, and I think that it's going to get more and more streamlined. You know, we're looking at, you know, the iPhones that are going to theoretically not have cables, you know, or going towards a cableless future. So things will just be, like, you know, only streamed, not ever downloaded, things like that. But right now, if I was starting, it'd be much different because A, there would be an infrastructure in place for podcasting. People would know what it is, and it wouldn't be a hard sell to get guests on the podcast like it was 10 years ago.
0: So from a, from a, a format, from a storytelling, you've been doing this for 10 years. What have you learned not from a distribution or, or tech side, but, but what have you learned about just the... The form of interviewing and telling
1: stories through audio, how has that changed? Or not changed, but how have you just gotten better at it? I mean, so on my end, I think it hasn't changed maybe all that much because the focus has always been talking to individuals, whether they're artists or whether they're on the industry side, like a promoter, a photographer, you know, a venue owner, things like that. I just talk to people I'm interested in and I try to ask them questions that I'm interested to know the answer to and that they're probably going to be interested to talk about. And I feel like, by extension, that's going to be the topics and the conversation that listeners would be interested in. You know, so whether it's talking to, you know, Joe Shanahan from the Metro for the 30th anniversary of the venue and asking him about his relationship with all these great artists and if he thought the venue would go, you know, be around that long or things like that. I try to ask the questions that I genuinely want to know the yeah. answer to, and then I think that that's going to translate to other people being like, yeah, I kind of want to know that too. Cool. One thing I just wanted to go quickly back
0: when you meant, you just said, like, thank you, Serial, but as someone in the podcasting industry, in, in the business, in the podcasting business, that's a, that, that is a moment. Like, how has life been different after
1: Serial. this is what I always say. Cereal was like our smells like teen spirit. Yeah. You know, like, like grunge music existed before Nirvana, but it kind of didn't because nobody knew it existed. So cereal was our smells like teen spirit. That was when it was a thing where everybody was like, yeah, of course I like Nirvana. You know, now yeah. people are like, of course I like podcasts. And like five yeah. years ago, people like, why are you wasting your time with podcasting? So it was just night and day. That was really the thing that just kind of turned the lights on.
0: Cool. And then talking about turning the lights on, one thing I've loved talking about before is what was it that turned the lights on to not just the podcast, but the thing that you wanted to talk about on podcast, which is Chicago music. What was that light bulb?
1: I mean, I've, I've always been extremely passionate about Chicago, Chicago music culture, Chicago, you know, everything. So if there was one kind of definitive, you know, Peter Parker gets bitten by a radioactive spider type moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. For me, it was Siamese stream by the Smashing Pumpkins. Anybody who knows me knows how much I love the Smashing Pumpkins. And at a time, going back to grunge again, when everything was from Seattle, everyone was from Seattle, you had these four super weirdos who were from Chicago, and something about that clicked with, like, you know, tween-age me, yeah. where I was just like, right on. like, that's awesome. These people are from Chicago, and they're doing, like, this weird, amazing, cool art. And then as I got older, like, local age, and, and you know, I, I moved further and further down the rabbit hole, sort of working at Chicago Radio, sort of working on Chicago Radio that focused on Chicago artists. We booked, you know, guests like like Mark and Bob on, on programs that I worked on and stuff like that. And so the longer... I did that, the more rewarding it was for me to continue to communicate and showcase the Chicago community because it went beyond just a conversation. It became like, cool, I feel like this is some form of storytelling. We're documenting these great things that are happening, and I'm getting to meet these people that are really meaningful to me. Their artists touched me. You know, The records that Bob and and Mark, I'm totally just going to embarrass them, the records that Mark Rose and Bob Nana have made have meant so much to me. And to get to know those guys on a personal level, on a professional level, and to be able to do that every week with various guests, I like that so much about just keeping the podcast very local and building this ongoing community or ongoing conversation with people that are in the community that I get to be a part of.
0: So we talked about how... How the format, how the medium has changed in the, in the past ten years. How has the community changed? How has the community you've been covering changed?
1: Well, I mean, something about Chicago is that the music scene in Chicago is ever evolving. Because you know, at one point Chicago meant industrial. At one point, it meant house. At one point, it meant Smashing Pumpkins. At one point, it meant R. Kelly. You know, at one point, it meant Fall Out Boy. And all, everyone I just mentioned, all those scenes have very little in common other than Chicago. Yeah. So right now, we're in this... Yeah, what does it mean? We're in this era where, like... Right now, we're in the Chance the Rapper era. There's, there's no question. I was... Um, I was in a class at Columbia where I was speaking about my podcast work and I mentioned some of the bigger names we've had on the podcast and then I mentioned Chance the Rapper and one girl gasped so severely that it sucked all the air out of the room because I mentioned other very large <laughs> names we've, that I've spoken to and that didn't mean as much to them, and then I mentioned Chance the Rapper, and if you're 19, Chance the Rapper is David Bowie. I know people are gonna find that sacrilegious, but it's true. If you're 18 years old, man, like Chance the Rapper is Kurt Cobain. He's yeah. for this generation. So right now we're living in this Chance era, and everything is stemming from that. That's who's inspiring these kids, and you know, you're know, you seeing like a whole amazing creative culture and community come out of the work that Chance and Vic and, and their whole Save Money production has brought to Chicago, and that's inspiring a lot of young talent.
0: So that's, like, that's the temperature right now. What's the temperature in five years? How do you feel
1: about the health of of the music scene? Well, I mean, again, like, just going back to the example of, like, Chicago being, you know, it's industrial. It's, you know, Smashing Pumpkins. It's Fall Out Boy. It's Kanye West. It's all these different things that are, again, very disparate. Chicago in five years is going to be something totally different, but it's going to be really exciting. You know, people like to, I think look down in Chicago from the coast. But the thing is, for whatever we do or don't have and however just atrocious our winters are, we have the talent. That's the one thing that's never been in question about Chicago is that we have, for decades, produced world-class talent in this city, and it continues and it keeps going. And anytime that someone's like, oh, well, Chicago, then it's like, oh, well, sh- like, look who we have, you know? Yeah. So whatever is going on in five years, it's going to be quality from the talent side. Yeah, on the on the tech side, like a popular topic is
0: is the brain drain. Oh, Chicago's brain drain problem. But if you Google uh, "brain drain" plus any other city, anywhere, there's been something written about its brain drain. People leave. That's just what happens. It's about the pipeline and how how full that pool is before that people leave you in a little bit but there's no like there's no brain drain if great things keep getting built over and over again
1: yeah for every time like somebody you know like Kanye West however you feel about him Kanye West is somebody who's an artist and I'm I'm a huge Kanye fan but like again however you feel about him you can't deny that he has built a large body of work so every time you have somebody who has that level of significance and has a body of work and even if they leave you have the next generation that's always coming up. And teaching at Columbia, I can tell you, this next generation is coming up and is building and is producing amazing things. So I'm not worried about us ever running out of talent and ever running out of innovation here because I'm seeing these 19, 20-year-olds who are already developing these amazing identities and aesthetics and brands and ideas and putting them into action. Yeah, let's talk about that pipeline a little bit. I mean
0: obviously, you know as a teacher you 're excited about ours, but, but who are you excited about? What, what are some of the names that that you're you're really moved by and not just on on the talent side but on you know I know we 've talked about you know part time students who are running huge tours and doing it on their own. Tell me about some of these these entrepreneurs
1: yeah, so I mean again, teaching at columbia i 've gotten to see firsthand these amazing talents from from people who you know can't rent a car, yeah, yeah, you know, but they're they're doing other amazing things. Marcus Carter is one individual who he's not here right now, but if we're using names, Marcus Carter works with me on Dynasty Podcast. He developed our new website and he also developed a um, a app, an app even. Um, that's correct he developed an app an iphone app for a nightlife organization and group called light them up and light them up is zebo and phenom the two nightlife djs and the light em up app is a tool that their audience can use to influence the direction of their sets so marcus carter is an individual who's you know he's doing web design he's doing app design he's working with a number of brands and and he's a young guy i don't know his exact age but but he's somebody who i see working really hard at columbia and he's just one of Thousands that you know he's representative of. Um, Seamus McGillen is another Columbia talent who is a photographer, nightlife, fashion, and he's developing a whole culture around his work and tapping into some really amazing creative work. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I feel weird like just throwing out names because I don't know that anybody in the room yeah. is like, yeah. But again, like I do see this really happening in in Chicago and you know on my end at Columbia, but I'm sure it's not limited to Columbia.
0: So, what what for you, when did you notice that? I mean, maybe you always notice, but when you notice on the entrepreneurship side that something was really happening locally?
1: I mean, that's honestly, that's something that I always kind of did notice. Like, even when I was working at the radio station um, and booking guests for the local music program, you know, we only had an hour for that show on the radio. And you got to figure that X amount of minutes is spent on commercials. And then there's the DJ talking, even if that's not a long time. And then there's two or three interviews and there's songs. So there wasn't much time for any one specific segment, you know. And when we would have guests on the music program, um, Local 101, primarily it was artists. It was musicians. It wasn't as much, you know, the industry side, unless it was like Metro celebrating their 25th anniversary and you bring in a Joe Shanahan. But we didn't get to do as much of the behind the scenes stuff as maybe we would have liked. So Dynasty Podcast was something where I was like, oh, man. I can bring in these like nightlife photographers like a Tyler Curtis or a, um, oh man, uh, Clayton Hawk, I space on his name, you know, 10 years ago when they were like young entrepreneurial nightlife talent who were building their businesses and their brands. And I was always interested in talking to the behind the scenes people. And I, we have seen that grow. And now music tech is a really, I mean, it's amazing. Like, now podcasting is very legit. Now music tech is something that's very highly regarded. And 10 years yeah. ago people literally would be at, like, industry holiday parties making fun of me for, like, wasting my time with podcasting and wasting my time with the internet. So, like, I'm very glad that we're here now because <laughs> I 10 years ago I was like, no, man, Twitter's going to be a thing. And people were like, what are you talking about? So.
0: Do you think is that... Is that that consistent with me? Is it an old school industry? Do you feel like, or is it starting to figure it out? Or are you still an outlier after all
1: this time? Well, I think for me, it was like I came from radio and print journalism. So I think... (laughs) I think I'm in that weird space. <laughs>
0: Just like radio and print journalism in the mining. and Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm in this weird space. I'm 33 years old. So it's like, I definitely had like an adolescence without the internet or with a very basic version of the internet, rudimentary, you know, like where I had to be like, mom and dad, I'm going to go online. Don't call grandma, you know, like I need to use AOL. So I had like the background where it was like half pre-social media, half You know, um, traditional media like you know, like print journalism and radio, and then the second half of my life and career has been like, okay, social media exists. Okay, like digital media exists. So, I think I've gotten to see both sides of it. But yeah, like when I was working on the more traditional side, like we were the first program, the the show that I worked on, to be on social media at our station. So like, I think that I I was so much more interested in digital than I think people who they didn't need it because they had the reach. You know, admittedly. So, one thing, obviously you can
0: get online and hustle to find reach. That's the thing that's changed with with podcasting, with I mean, with blogging, with digital media. Is is good stories will will work. Things right? travel. Content, now, yeah, content that that is like the core of all of this. But because. It's, it's very easy to get online There is a lot of noise So what is your advice for people who are Like I want to like, From a content side What do you think works?
1: This is the worst answer What works? This is the worst answer Because it's like never sleep And just produce Just non-stop And, and just work all the time Which is a terrible quality of life thing, but I gave up on quality of life. I'm not a believer in quality of life. I like working, so if I'm working, that's my quality of life. But people are like, "I got to go outside today." I'm like, "I don't know what those words mean." Um, For me, and again, this is probably not a good quality of life answer. I try to produce as much as I can all the time. I mean, in a busy month, we'll release like sometimes like 40 or 50 podcasts. You know, so like it's it's doing a lot. But that's
0: the and that's what it takes. There's no. we were talking earlier, there's no, like, there's no secret sauce, right? There's no. no. No one's figured out. Like, you can't
1: just count on
0: telling one story all the time and having it
1: work. And it's very easy to be left behind and forgotten. Yeah. You know, if I, if I put out one podcast a month or one podcast a season, like, nobody's paying attention to that. You know, I try to put out, like, five or six a week because then at least I have regular content to be ignored. You know the bare minimum is to put out enough to be ignored. Yeah. But people are aware of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but to be forgotten, that's the real problem. So if I can say it like, okay, cool. People are, you know, varying levels of ignoring us and then every six podcast people care about this one? Right on, we made it. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, I don't know if that's a positive answer. No, no. It's yeah. That's awesome.
0: That's exactly it means volume is an important part when, when it's very, when the noise is so deafening sometimes, you got to, you got to speak as loud. You yeah. Know, that's just like part of it. Uh, one thing I've always loved about Dynasty is it's not, the, it's not been one show for ten years. So what, how is Dynasty going to look differently next year? How is Dynasty going to look differently
1: in two years and five years? What, what, are, what are things you're excited about trying? Well, something that we're doing right now is we... So last year, 2015, was our 10-year anniversary. We did a big 10-hour live broadcast, which was an amazing nightmare. It went really well. Uh, it could have totally been a disaster, but also broadcasting live for 10 hours with 50-plus guests that I interviewed one after another after another, where I just sat down for 10 h- I mean, that was... That was intense. but So yeah. the last year was our anniversary, and then at the end of the year, we did something that we're doing now called Dynasty Next, which is our reboot, and Dynasty Next focuses on interviewing a lot of the talent that we were talking about earlier, the next wave of emerging talent out of Chicago. So this year, we're really focused, which is something we've always done, but we're really putting a name on it right now, and really focusing on the really like beginning side of the emerging stuff. Yeah. So I'm bringing a lot of Columbia students on the podcast, I'm bringing a lot of... You know, um, talent that we've never featured on the podcast before. So, this year is all about talking to people we've never talked to, talking to the, not necessarily just younger, but younger and newer and more underground, you know, because we reached this really nice, lofty place over the last 10 years where we kind of got access to the higher ups. And, you know, there's something very exciting about talking to all these people I haven't talked to before. So, this year is really focused on new talent that we have not yet communicated with and bringing them into that world and, you know, joining like their world and and vice versa. And then going forward, it is something we're going to reinvent, you know, every year. Uh, That's something that honestly I learned from comic books, you know, comics reboot themselves every five years and they relaunch with new number ones every year. And so that's something I look at a lot. And I think about the fact that nobody wants to start a podcast from episode 395, People want a new number one. That's why Serial does seasons, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's something to that. That's why The X-Files is six episodes now. Yeah. People want refreshing. So every year we're going to, you know, restructure and reboot. Awesome.
0: Cool. Well, I think uh, that you answered all my questions, Mark. We're going to open it up to Q&A. Should we cut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll wrap What's up the, the audio one? piece yeah, yeah.
1: because with the Q&A, it gets harder to podcast that. But... um for this recorded session, man. Thank you, Will, so much for for having me here. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more
1: Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.